You're listening to The Teaching Toolbox with Brittany and Ellie. Join them as they talk all things middle school. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. I am Brittany, and I am here today with Ellie. Hello there. Have you been thinking about whether or not you should use a classroom economy? Classroom economy systems are great ways to incorporate some real-life skills and to encourage positive behavior. Today, we'll explore what a classroom economy system is, how it's beneficial, and we'll give some specific examples of classroom economies in action. So let's start off with what a classroom economy is. Ellie, do you want to explain that? Sure, let's think about what it is and how it can be beneficial. So a classroom economy is basically a system that kind of simulates a real life economy, but it's in the classroom. When you're using a classroom economy, students can earn like classroom money or points or some other type of income that they can use to then buy items or buy different privileges in the classroom, like maybe items from a class store if you want to set up one of those or homework passes or extra recess or even sitting in the teacher's chair. My kids used to like that. So how's that helpful in the classroom? First. It could teach students a little bit about financial skills, like budgeting and making good spending choices. It can reinforce positive behavior and helps encourage students to take responsibility for their actions. Brittany, can you think of any other things it could do to be helpful? Well, depending on how you set it up, if you let kids join together to spend their money, it can also help create a sense of community and teamwork as they uh, have to work together to maybe earn enough money or decide how they're going to spend their money to maybe earn a pizza party or a game day or something like that. Mm. So the purpose of the classroom economy is to promote positive behavior and then incorporate some life skills. So Brittany, how did you use a classroom economy system? We tried lots of different things. We tried uh, beans, we tried tickets, and then we eventually settled on paper money um, that we made Mm. on the copier. Each teacher had their own uh, name on their money. So uh, in some years we would change it. So I had turtle tender because I like turtles. Um, I had Sachem Simoleons at one time. Um, I had a couple different names, but Turtle Tender tended to be the biggest one that I used the most. Mm-hmm. My building mate had uh, Starbucks, and each teacher picked a different color for their money, so it was easy to discern mm-hmm. who had who had what person's money. And then we would print different denominations, so ones, fives, tens, twenties, fifties, and a hundreds. Oh, wow. And we would keep them in like a letter file that you would get, you know, at the Staples or Office Depot or wherever you shop Mm -hmm. and just keep that in our desk drawer. And then what we did at the beginning of the school year is we give the kids maybe like $60 a week and then we would make them pay back money for locker rental. 
and lights and desk rental and that sort of thing (laughs) so that they would kind of understand what their parents went through in terms of like taxes and you know mortgage Mm -hmm. and you know or apartment rental and groceries and that sort of thing that's great and the kids hated that part and we would do that for like the first (laughs) month or so and usually the kids would end up with maybe like 12 to 20 dollars a week left over and then after that first month we would just give them the 12 to 20 and then every quarter we would give them a little raise and so Mm. um, every quarter they got a small incremental boost just kind of like you know their parents might get at their job um then based on behavior and other things we would deduct money or give them money so if they were prepared for class on time if they were lined up first um in line if they followed directions if they were the first to bring back maybe a signed field trip slip or something they might get Mm -hmm. some money as a reward and then if they did not have supplies ready at their desk if their locker was a mess if they were late to class if they had to use the bathroom at a time where we were in the middle of a lecture they might have to pay like two bucks as a as a fine and uh if they went into debt, they would have to spend some recess time with us. Okay. All right. So that's how. Wow, I love that system. Yeah, that's and great. then we did have a classroom store, and we did do, like, passes where they could earn things like sitting in the teacher's chair. That was a big one, like you mentioned. That was a favorite. Listening to music in an earbud. Doing things like having a pizza party, having a game day, Um, those were all big, big things that we used. So we relied heavily on our classroom system. And we also, towards the end of my time using it, we also used it as, let me back up a second. We went on a giant field trip at the end of the school year to a big amusement park. And the kids had free reign in that amusement park. Like we had parent chaperones, but they had pretty much free reign. And Mm -hmm. so we had to trust them and their behavior in that amusement park that day. And so we didn't really want to take, you know, the, the bad kids who we knew we couldn't trust. And so the kids had to pay 250 of the classroom economy bucks to go on that field trip towards the end of our time. That was like our last three years. And so they had to earn up that money over the course of the year and pay that money. Did you have many that didn't go then? We would usually end up with about three or four who could not attend. Okay. Um, But we made it very clear from the beginning of the school year and kept reminding them all year long that this is what you're saving for, you know. Make sure right. you have enough money to go on this trip. So, yeah. That's awesome. Good yeah. lessons there. <laughs> what about you? Did you ever use a classroom economy system? Yeah, a couple different ones. 
earlier in my teaching career when I taught fifth grade in elementary school and we were more self-contained, I did a classroom store and a banking kind of system. So they would get a weekly paycheck type of thing and then they would earn extra money by doing, you know, positive things in the classroom. They could earn extra extra money that way. If they were noticed doing good things, if they were helping their peers, they could actually bring items in to sell in our classroom store. So if they brought something in, they got paid for bringing it because um, it was something that they didn't want anymore, they couldn't use anymore. So almost like, you know, selling it at a garage sale yeah. or something, but they were selling it to the classroom of store and then they would get paid for that. And if they had classroom jobs, so we always had classroom jobs, so they would get paid for the classroom jobs. I didn't do anything like rent or anything like that, but that would have been a really good idea. <laughs> so they used to buy things in the store. They had checkbooks. And so they would have to record any checks that they got. They would have to record if they wrote a check to buy something. So the focus in that one was really trying to learn how to balance a checkbook and use a checkbook. There wasn't so much of the online (laughs) banking at the time. Um, So that was something that we were still doing, you know, with actual paper. So they really enjoyed that. They had a great time with that. And so we did have to set aside time, though, for actual shopping in the store and balancing the checkbooks and recording everything. So we did have to set time aside for that every every day or every week so we could keep up with that. But then when I started in middle school, there was already a system of bucks in place or team money. So we had three to four different teams depending on how they configured us all, but there were 13 different classrooms. And so we had X bucks because we were team extremes. And we had a certain design for our bucks, and then the other teams had different designs for their bucks, so you could tell which team had which ones, which bucks belonged to which team. And students could be given those bucks really for any positive behaviors. I don't think we really started them out with a certain number at the beginning of the year. Maybe we did. Maybe we started them out with five. They were each just worth one. They were just one one buck. And so any positive behavior like participating in class, you know, if they were walking down the hall and we saw them picking up a piece of paper that was lying in the hallway and throwing it away in the garbage, they could get a buck for that. Helping other students, anything really that showed good character, positive behavior was something that they could be noticed for and then given a buck for. And any teacher on any team could give them a buck like if they were down the hallway at somebody else's classroom and they were you know they saw a student that dropped their books and they decided to stop and help them pick it up then that teacher might decide to give them a buck and then they could be honored on your own team or on any team and so they would use those for things like uh like going to their locker Mm -hmm. they would have to use a buck because we we also had a demerit system so we didn't take their bucks away from them but they got demerits for certain things and if they had forgotten something in their locker and they had to go to their locker they would get a demerit but if they had a buck they could pay for that and then they wouldn't get a demerit and they would basically just buy a locker locker visit So they could use it for that. They could use them to buy maybe homework passes or like you said, the class might decide to combine their bucks and get extra recess or a game day or a party or things like that. Um, I kind of feel like they were allowed to use them to get lunch, get at the front of the lunch Mm. line even and things like that. One of the really big things that we did 
One of the big benefits of earning and saving their bucks was at the end of the year, we had a big picnic and we would do gift card drawings. So they could take all of their bucks that they still had and write their name on the back and put them into the drawing. And we did a a lot of gift cards. And so we would end up with this huge bag full of bucks from all (laughs) the kids, sixth grade classes. And then, you know, we would pull pull their names and they could win gift cards. So that was a big benefit of saving um, their bucks. Yeah. Yeah. You reminded me of a couple things. Once a quarter, we would have an auction. And so they could bring in stuff. They'd have to bring a note signed by their parent saying that they were allowed to sell that item. Um, But they could auction off toys that they were done with or a soda or something like that. And then they'd get to keep those bucks that they they earned from their auction item. And then also, like I mentioned, our you know our bucks were different colors, and I don't know if you noticed this, um, but in ours, some teachers were more lenient about giving money, and others were less. And the mm-hmm. kids noticed it and gave started having like an economy within the economy where oh some teachers money was more valuable than others and so they'd okay. be like you know miss williams doesn't give out money as much so i don't have a 20 dollar bill from miss williams that's really mm. rare I'll give you a 50 from Miss Abbott if I can have a 20 from Miss Williams. And they would actually <laughs> collect funny. them. And it was it was just very interesting how they like wanted a full collection of every dollar and it like had a had a value system and everything. That's very interesting. And then at the end of the year there was always a group of kids who would take a whole bunch of money and put it in a coffee can and then bury it somewhere on the playground for the next <laughs> year's kids to find. Oh, that's and then great. that became like a tradition. And then the next year, some, the kids would go like dig in the playground to try to find the money that was left from the previous year. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like, you can't use that's it. Great. It has a different year on it. It's not valuable. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Statistics say 66% of teachers have a hard time with classroom management, whether it's seating, personalities, time management, noise, or something else. Classroom management can be tough. By using time tested forms, fun games and activities, interactive materials and plans, and celebrating successes of all types, you can become a classroom management ninja and stop being a part of that 66%. Check out the category classroom management in the Colorado Classroom Store on TPT or join the Colorado Classroom Classroom Management Newsletter by grabbing a digital mental health check-in form at thecoloradoclassroom.com slash shop. Soon, your classroom management problems will vanish, just like the ninja in the night. So. Well, do we have any 
tips for any teachers who might just be starting with the classroom economy? Any tips to make it easier? I would say it it takes a while to get the kids used to it. Mm-hmm. You do have to you do have to decide your system and follow it consistently. Mm, very you true. You can't you can't waver. If you waver, the kids are going to take advantage of that and you know, mm-hmm. they're smart enough at the middle school age to know how to worm the system if you're <laughs> if you're not consistent so mm-hmm. you you've got to be consistent and you've got to toe the line especially at the beginning so that they mm-hmm. they know there are rules and there are fines there are rewards and you're going to mm-hmm. you're going to follow them right and i think in order in order to be consistent like that don't make it too complicated, mm-hmm. especially to begin with. You know, make it something simple. Make it something that doesn't end up being a whole lot of extra work that makes it harder to maintain and harder to be consistent with. You know, try to maybe choose something simple and basic for the first mm-hmm. year or even for the first couple months. And then if you feel like you've got a good handle on it and it's going well, you could always make some tweaks to it make some extra incentive type of things or extra rules yeah. to go in yeah, that Yeah, definitely economy. don't have yeah. like 20, 30, 40 rules, you know, stick to stick to <laughs> right. like five positives, five negatives and go with that, you know. Um also always have your money like printed and ready to go. You don't want to be mm, writing yes. on a sticky note, I owe this person. I yeah. owe you. <laughs> right. So make sure you always have plenty of money or bucks or whatever on hand in your mm-hmm. desk or in your pocket or whatever you need ready to go. Yeah. Right. I will say I was guilty of that once or twice. <laughs> well, I owe you an X buck. <laughs> when I get them copied, yeah. I will give it to you. So yeah. yeah. Definitely yeah. Want, don't want to. It does do happen, that. but you, yeah, you want to keep it For to sure. a minimum if you can. And I do have uh, classroom economy bucks in my store. I oh, have awesome. small ones and big ones. Um, the small ones are on my website, and the big ones are on TPT. So depending on what size you oh, want. Oh, excellent! So, we'll link those so. in the show notes. Then that's great. Anything else you can think of that would help? I think we're good for getting started. Maybe post your rules, post your store, Mm, like a poster uh up on the wall or up on a cabinet or something. Right. That's a great idea because then they're not always asking, what can I use this for? How much does it cost for this? Yeah. So yeah, good idea. All right. So today we've discussed what classroom economies are and how they can function in the classroom. We've explored a few different examples of this powerful tool that can help promote student engagement, um, help with positive behavior, and teach some financial responsibility along the way. Although we'd like behavior to be intrinsic within students, that isn't always possible at the middle school age. So if you're looking for a way to help guide your students to be better behaved, try a classroom economy system. If you are loving this show, please feel free to write us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps others decide if they would like to listen in as well. Have a great day. See you next time.
Happy holidays, listeners. We are going to be taking a short break for December. We will be back on January 2nd, 2024 with new episodes for you. Have a great holiday season. You just listened to The Teaching Toolbox. Follow them on your favorite platform for more episodes and share it with a friend.